is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Ready to talk sports with Daryl and Sam. Welcome to Sports Info UM, featuring Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. These guys know the sport like nobody else. From former players to coaches to the great figures of the NFL, you'll get the inside scoop on what's going down today in football and other sports. Now, here's Daryl and Sam. And hey, welcome to Sports Info UM. I'm Daryl. I'm working with my man Sam. What's going on, Sam? Hey, man, all I got to say is my new Ginobili, man. Uh, you talk about a great, great uh, series that we have going on in the NBA Finals. Uh, the San Antonio Spurs and the Miami Heat. Game five was everything that you can ask for and want if you're a San Antonio Spurs fan. Yeah, all right, Sam. Sam. Yes. Yeah. Hey, well, when you're talking about Manute, um, Manute, man, come on. This is not just an American star. You know, Manute, you know, we played his, his best basketball in Italy and Spain. You know, for Italy and Argentina. You know, this man has been a champion there, and he's a champion uh, with the Spurs. You know, the Spurs are lucky to have such a talent. And we got to be we gotta be uh, cherishing these moments we're having with him, too, because his career is really winding down. Yes, there, there are a lot of talks that uh, this might be it. There's speculation that he's thinking about retiring. But I tell you what, for a guy to start his first game of the season last night in the playoffs, he's been struggling in the playoffs. Uh, he had a talk with uh, his head coach, Popovich, and uh, they decided that uh, he was going to start. And uh, he accepted the challenge, came out, and played just a wonderful game for the Spurs. He hit it, the off-balance shots. He got into the lane when he wanted to. And I tell you, he had a he had a possession against LeBron James where he drove, he stepped back, and he hit the mid range jumper. He had a, a another another time where he went to the hole and he he shot the ball with his right hand. He just made big time plays uh, when the Spurs needed a play. He also had ten assists, uh, twenty four points. He had his best game to date in the playoffs, and you're talking about. A great, great player, like you said, not only in American basketball, but in international basketball also. And he played a very, very important part in the San Antonio Spurs going up 3-2 on the Miami Heat. And, you know, hey, man, this is his first game starting for the season. And this is not just a guy that, um, that, uh, that, that you know, you talk about legends in basketball. We talk about the crossover, the deadly crossover. That was a Tim Hardaway move. You know, but this man came into the league and brought a move with him. Not only did he come into the league at, from a, from Europe, he brought a Euro step with him. You know, that famous move that um, that we see um, Dwayne Wade doing all the time. This is a Manu Ginobili move, the Euro step. 
So, hey, man, I think this guy deserves a lot of credit. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's sad to see some of these great European players come into uh, the NBA and they don't really play with the longevity because they play at a high level in Europe and uh, in other countries as well. Well, the European players, they're, they're more finesse players, but uh, what Ginobili has been able to bring to the table, like you mentioned, uh, the Euro step. But uh, he, he's just a known winner. Uh, he accepted uh, being benched this year and coming off the bench. Uh, he still gets big-time minutes. Uh, he, he plays starter minutes. But uh, he, he was special last night. Uh, he, he was like the, the Manu Ginobili that we're so used to seeing in his prime, you know, Father Time catches up with everyone, but uh, last night he accepted the challenge. He went out. He had a great game, and uh, he helped put his team up 3-2. Now they're one game away from winning the championship. But the thing that I tell you I really like about the Spurs is how they dictated the tempo last night. When they got the ball, it was pedal to the metal. They didn't really want the Miami Heat to set up their defense. Uh, you have to tip your hat to uh, to the coaching staff for the San Antonio Spurs. Tony Parker did an excellent job of controlling the tempo. Uh, he finished with 26 points. Tim Duncan is just always a steady veteran presence uh, on the basketball court. And, uh, you know, these guys are one win away from uh, winning their fifth fifth NBA championship. Uh, and uh, I can't say enough about Mr. Danny Green, the guy that was uh, – Played in the de- developmental league. He didn't. Uh, he was cut by the Spurs. Popovich told him he wasn't aggressive enough. And this young man, he's out in the final shooting the ball like he's a young Ray Allen. You know, I'm telling you, he, he does look like a young Ray Allen. And man, you talk about a poised young man and very energetic, excited to play the game. You know, and and you got to tip your hat to him. You're right, Sam. And um, I think he's done an excellent job. But you know, when when we look at the Spurs, I really think that um, Tony Tony Parker, man, the way he has really just just diced and cut through this uh, Miami Heat defense is is unbelievable. And even with a what we call a a hurt hamstring, he's still doing his thing, slicing and dicing and scoring at scoring at ease. You know, this is this 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 is the only guard, one of the few guards, probably it's only two that can get in the paint and do the things that he does, it's unbelievable, man. So um, Tony Parker is, is playing an awesome role. And when you compare what he's doing compared to the guards that the, of the Miami Heat, oh, man, it's, 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 it's no comparison. It really is no comparison. Well, there's no doubt he is the best point guard on um, on the floor. And uh, last night you saw Miami, they went to a uh, – offensive set or a strategy where they had no point guard on the court. LeBron James was matched up against Tony Parker. He he caused them some problems, but uh, it's hard to cause problems when you finish 10 or 14 shooting. The San Antonio Spurs as a team shot close to 60%. When you shoot the ball that well, it's going to be tough for you to lose to anyone. Uh, but uh, I, what I really want to know is how will the Miami Heat respond? Now they're only going to have one day's rest between games. Uh, you know, Miami Heat, the Miami Heat looked like the older team. They look like the team that needs the two days rest instead of the, um, instead of the San Antonio Spurs. So it's going to be very interesting to see how the Miami Heat respond with the short rest and especially with the San Antonio Spurs pushing the tempo. 
you know, and we have to not forget, man, that uh, that uh, the Indiana Pacers took the Miami Heat to seven games, and the San Antonio Spurs stopped. Um, they 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 stopped this. Uh, I can't think of the team, but they stopped them in four games, man. And um, you know, there there is no comparison to um, what the the rest that San Antonio got compared to the energy energy that Miami had to 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 enforced to try to get through seven games within Indianapolis. Well, you know, sometimes the rest, it, it can work for you or it can work against you. In the Spurs case, you're a veteran team. You have Tim Duncan. You have Ginobili. You have Tony Parker. You have guys that uh, that really needs that rest. And uh, the Miami Heat, they took everything that the Indiana Pacers had and then some. And they're, they're really showing some of the effects from that long series. Uh, you know, last night, LeBron James, he finished with 25 points. But, man, you're talking about I have never seen LeBron James miss layups from point-blank range. Uh, you know, Danny Green had something to do with that. But I expect LeBron James to finish those plays when he's in transition with the two-on-one break. Uh, Danny Green made two outstanding individual plays but at the same time we expect LeBron James to be Superman and uh, he really didn't play like Superman last night uh, he has to do more if this team's going to win the championship you know Dwayne Wade he has taken a lot of criticism throughout these playoffs is he hurt is he healthy you know when he plays well he's running around with a lot of energy but I tell you what he has answered the bill the last two games he finished with 25 points last night 10 assists he shot a, a decent per- percentage, a little under 50%. Even Chris Bosh got into the act with 16 points. But what what they're going to need from Chris Bosh, they're going to need more rebounds. You know, he has to do a better job than going out and just getting six rebounds. That's not good enough when you're 6'10", 6'11". His team need, needs more from him. Well, you know, Tim Duncan is considered a forward on his team. Um, hey, you got to know that Chris Bosh is considered a forward on his team, but he's actually playing the center position on his team in most cases. And that was the Memphis Grizzlies that the San Antonio Spurs ran through in four games. Hey, but, man, I, I agree with you. Um, um, uh, Dwayne Wade has played well the last two games. But we haven't seen all three of these big three step up and play well at the same time. You know, and, and we have to realize, too, man, hey, no team has won two games in a row in this series. So are we expecting the Spurs to win tomorrow? Ah, that's hard to say because no one has won two games. It seems as though it's one team's up, one team's down. One team's up, one team's down. But I I really kind of think that in my mind, in deep thought, I think that the Spurs are going to take it tomorrow night. I, don't, I, I knew the series was going to go six or seven because the NBA was not going to let it go six or seven. Well, if they don't take it tomorrow, I don't feel that they're going to take it. If they, could, I, I feel that they have to finish it off tomorrow. I feel that Miami is wounded. They're going back home. The South Beach crowd, they're going to try to come out and energize their ball club. But uh, the the Spurs, in my opinion, they got to get out to a fast start. Uh, they It's going to be like last night. Uh, watching the game last night, it was like watching a heavyweight championship boxing match. Miami would take the Spurs' best punch, and they would come back. The Spurs would answer the bell. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens when they go to South Beach. I really feel that the the key for the Spurs is getting out to a good start. And uh, Tony Parker, he will be the best point guard on the the floor. If Ginobili can 
can play like he played last night, it's going to be tough for the Miami Heat to beat the Spurs. That's for sure. And I'm sure we're going to see Ginobili start tomorrow night as well. You know, and if Ginobili, Tony Parker, Tim Duncan are playing well, and, hey, if this guy Green continues to shoot well as well as he's shooting, it, it might be lights out for um, for um, the Miami Heat. And, and, man, I don't think I've ever seen LeBron James look fatigued like I've seen him look in this series. He's really looked tired, man. I mean, to the point where he's not hustling up and down the court. Um, his effort doesn't look like it was. Uh, doesn't look like the same effort he put up in the earliest series. Hey, but we have to understand, this is the most grueling playoffs, maybe besides hockey, there is in sports. You know what I mean? This playoff takes, this is like a whole new season. It's some people don't even look at the NBA man until the NBA playoffs. Now, I'll tell you what, LeBron James, I, I agree with you. Uh, you know, Le- we're used to LeBron James coming out playing 40, 45 minutes and being very effective. But LeBron James is playing hard. He's leaving it all out on the floor. Uh, he took a big spill last night. They called a timeout. He's back in the game. And, uh, you know, if you're going to win a championship, now is not the time to ask scout to ask to come out the game. You know, he has to suck it up. He has to find a way to win. And I, I tell you what, one of the things that I really love doing a timeout when um when ABC took it to the team's huddle is when Popovich said, let's give them some adversity. You know, everyone can't handle adversity. And when you put teams in adverse situations, they're either going to respond and rise to the occasion or they're going to fold. And I tell you what, the Spurs did a great job of trying to put the Miami Heat in adverse situations and seeing how they handled the adversity. Because you know what? The Spurs was up by 17 or 18 points. Miami, they weathered the storm. They cut it. They cut the lead to one points. And what did the Spurs do? They went on an 18 or 19 to one run, and they pretty much put the game away. And uh, that's what it's going to take if you're going to win the championship. Because the one thing we do know about the Miami Heat in these playoffs, after every loss, they have responded. So I expect nothing but the best from Miami tomorrow. So San Antonio better be ready if they're going to cut down the nets. They're going to have to. They're going to have to really earn. If there's any coach that would have his team ready tomorrow, I would put my money on Popovich, man. I mean, he's been there. He's done it. Um, you know, and, and, him and him and Tim Duncan, they've been together for a very long time. Hey, if there's anybody that knows the importance and a team that knows the importance that's been there, done it, it's this team, San Antonio Spurs. I think we lose the fact that this team is a this is a championship team. They won four championships together, man. Hey, this team is no they're, they're no joke. This is not and this is not a team that that the big three came together. No, these guys came together through draft and they've been there from the onset. You know, when Tony Parker came to America, he came to the San Antonio Spurs. When 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 Newt Ginobili came to America, he came to the San Antonio Spurs. Tim Duncan was drafted by the San Antonio. All of them were drafted, but you know Tim Duncan played his, his American basketball here for uh, for Wake Forest. But these guys came here, and when we look at the Miami Miami Heat, you know this is a team that was formulated. You know they 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 someone decided to buy a team, and this is what we got. So I'm not doubting them. I'm not saying anything is wrong with that because it was done all through free agency. Nothing wrong with that. Hey, but I, 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 there is something about 
being drafted together and growing together. You go through the ups, you go through the downs, the highs, the lows, and that's what I see in the San Antonio Spurs. And I totally agree with you. The way the Miami Heat was formed was not the traditional way. But what they have done is they've done a great job to be in three consecutive finals. So you have to tip your hat to them with no chemistry coming together. In year one, they lost in the finals. In year two, they cut down the net. So they have been there. But the one thing that... uh, the Spurs have over the Miami Heat, in my opinion, is is that they have been together longer. The chemistry's there. Those guys know how to respond. They know how to prepare. You have some guys on the Miami Heat team, they don't want to take that big shot. With the Spurs, you got Parker, you got Ginobili, you have Duncan, you have Green that is shooting the, the lights out the ball. You have Neil coming off the bench. So, uh, And you have a big-time coach and Coach Popovich. So I really give the edge to the Spurs in that case, and I and I really feel tomorrow if they're gonna if they're gonna finish this thing off, they're gonna have to do it tomorrow, and they're gonna have to get off to a great start because I expect nothing but the best from Miami tomorrow. I agree with you, man. And you know, in recent history, Matt Bonner has been like like a a, a, a marksman from the outside for the Spurs. This is a guy we have not heard at all heard anything from. You know what I mean? But we have heard from Danny Green, and we have heard from Leonard and Neil. You know what I mean? These guys have hit some humongous three-pointers for um, for for the San Antonio Spurs. And, I mean, it's almost like we really see what we thought we were going to see when the three-pointer came out. We were going to start seeing people living by the three-point shot. And the San Antonio Spurs, of all teams, we thought well, it's, this wouldn't be the team. I never thought that Popovich would be a three-point Team. He always wanted an inside presence with Tim Duncan. He had the twin towers, man. I mean, come on. So, you, you, but when we see Leonard and Neil and Green, hey, killing it from the outside and Bars Dial, he's even through, uh, shooting the outside shot. Hey, we, we realize now that this this league has turned into a three point shooting league. I don't know if it's turned into a three-point shooting league, but when you have a post presence like Tim Duncan where you can throw the ball in the post and he commands a double team, that's going to get shooters open. And when you're open, you have to knock knock down those shots. Another thing that I really like about Green is how he – works without the ball in his hands he's working tremendously hard to get open to get those looks and when he get him when he get those looks he's knocking down shots you're talking about a young man that has hit 25 three-pointers and nba finals record and he's done it in five games you're talking about a man that averaged nine to ten points before the nba finals he has his average up to 18 points you're talking about rising to the to the top the cream rises to the top and that's what Danny Green is doing when you mentioned Boris Diaw he did an outstanding job on LeBron James last night when he was guarding LeBron James LeBron James was one of eight from the field it's going to take a better effort from LeBron James and the Miami Heat if they're going to be successful tomorrow night hey guys you're listening to Sports Info UM on the Voice America Network when we return we'll talk about the U.S. Open and what's going on in the NFL
Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fan's perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network. And let's talk football. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. We some hard hitters. We some hard hitters. Hard-hitting radio is a new kind of sports and entertainment show. Your hosts are NFL veterans Mark McMillan and co-host Byron Evans. It's an hour of hater-free radio every week. You'll hear interviews with top athletes, celebrities, coaches, and fans. It's humor, hits, and conversation. Hard-hitting radio is on with McMillan and Evans. Listen Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Network. flagship station for sports voice america sports you're tuned in to sports info um with daryl and sam call us today at 888-346-9144 that's 888-346-9144 or send us an email at sports info um 3793 at gmail.com now, back to the show. Welcome back to Sports Info U.M. Hey, Daryl, yesterday in the U.S. Open, not a single golfer shoots par as Rose Edge, Jason Day, and Mickelson to take the U.S. Open championship. What do you think about his performance yesterday and everything that went on in the U.S. Open? Some people would actually say the course was uh, too hard. But I'd say, how could the course be too hard for professionals? And then you look at the scoring, and no one made under. I mean, it was unbelievable. No one even shot even. Come on. Them guys look like me, and some of those scores look like my scores. Tiger Woods scores definitely look like my score. What was he, 13 plus 13? It was one of the worst performances uh, for Tiger in a long time. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of people that say, will he win a major this year? But uh, this tournament was not about Tiger Woods. Uh, to me, Rose did just enough to win. He became the first Briton in 40 years to win the U.S. Open. And, uh, you know, it's kind of tough when you see a guy like Phil Mickelson, who has, uh, he's close but no cigars, man. He's, he's right there and, uh, one or two bad shots will really take you out your game, and uh, that's what we saw yesterday. You're right, for sure, man. Um, and when you look at Phil Mickelson, man, I, you actually kind of feel sorry for the guy, man. They have so many, so many second places. Unbelievable. You know, I, I, I actually felt bad for him. Uh, at one point, you know, it was his birthday and it was Father's Day, and at one point, 
The crowd was so pulling for him so hard, they really thought he was going to take it. He had to lead by himself a few times, but couldn't sustain it. You're talking about a guy who has 19 top three finishes in majors. Now, if you really break that down, you know, you talk about Tiger Woods and how great Tiger is. If Phil would win half, if he would have won half of those 19, you're talking about being in a rare class. Uh, It's just been a lot of tough breaks for Phil, but, uh, you know, you have to tip your hat to Rose. He did just enough to get it done and uh, uh, win this tournament. I want to say congratulations to Justin Rose. And uh, Hey, Justin Rose did enough. But, man, when you look at the scoring, Sam, come on. I mean, when have you ever seen a professional golf tournament? In, in my recent history, I can't remember a time when we saw the winner with a score of um, a plus one. I think that's just hard, hard to imagine. And and when you look at it, I, I guess that when we look at Tiger Woods' accomplishments compared to Phil's lack of accomplishments, I mean, he, he, he to be honest with you, people don't get on Phil Mickelson enough for coming in second place, man. We almost glorify him for coming in second place. And a kid told me once when I was a track coach when he got second place, and I was like, hey, good job, son. He said, Coach, second is only the first to lose. So, hey, that sticks in my mind, and I know it must stick in his mind, but I think as the American media, we should be giving him a little bit more of a a jabbing. Like, hey, man, all you can do is get second? Hey, man, like the great Ricky Bobby said, if you ain't first, you're last, man. Hey. So, so, so you know it's a little tough, but uh, hey, again, congrats, congratulations to Justin Rose. Uh, it, 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 there's no moral victory, so uh, I'm not really gonna say uh, congratulations to Jason Day and Phil Mickelson. I'm sure those guys wish they had the green jacket. Uh, it was tough, not only for Rose but for the whole field. And uh, you know, sometimes. It's like that, but in sports, you have to find a way to be special. You have to find a way to win, and uh, that's what Rose did. He did just enough to win, but at the same time, he'll, he will forever be remembered as a U.S. Open champion. And, yes, he deserves it, for sure, man. Hey, hey, but, man, moving along, Chad Johnson is free after <laughs> apologizing to his judge for slapping his attorney on the backside. And I know you have said it several times, Daryl. The man got locked up for smacking his attorney on the backside when he had a domestic dispute with his ex-wife and he didn't do any time. What are your thoughts on that again? Can you elaborate just a little bit on that? You know, man, after doing a little research, you know, um, it said, it said Chad Johnson tried to hug the prosecutor twice in his, in his first trial, his initial trial. And the, judge, and the judge chastised him about that. Chad Johnson missed his probation officer three times in a row. That's why he was in court this time. All right? And he had the nerve to put his hands on, on his attorney, slapping him on the butt. Judge says it caused a ruckus in the courtroom. Chad Johnson admits, say, hey, she's the only woman, the only person that's actually been able to settle him down and pin him down, and he really appreciate her putting him in jail for five days. That's what he said. That's what came out of his mouth. And I, and I actually, you know, um, 
I, I tell you, I think some things in life, man, slow us down. Some people that take marriage, some people that take jail, some people that take uh, something else, an accident. But sometimes some things slow us down and it really make a difference in our life and it give us guidance. And I really hope that Chad can use this as a as a springboard to more guidance and not making some of the bad decisions that he's made. Not necessarily super bad, but some of those decisions you say, oh, man, you got to be kidding me. So I hope he really takes this takes this to heart man he says he has i hope he has i hope he do too man because uh right now when i look at chad johnson i see a guy that's uh he's lost without football uh there there's stories of him and terrell Owens working out together hoping for one last chance you know chad said that he's humble now and what he would like to do is that just one more year he wants one more opportunity to go out so he can go out the way he want to go out. But a lot of times in football, Daryl, you know, you don't get to go out the way you want to go out or you don't get to pick and choose your situation. And right now with everything that Chad Johnson has going on in his life, I just, I don't feel that a team is going to be ready to give him a chance. Uh, you know, he's, he can't get behind DBs anymore. Uh, he, he's not the same guy that we came to know and love in Cincinnati. And the one thing that I know about football is, is when you're very productive and you're playing at a high level, teams are willing to put up with your antics. But when you're a step slow and, and you're just an average guy, teams aren't willing to put up with the BS. And uh, I, I really feel that that's the situation Chad Johnson is in right now. The one thing that I do hope in Chad Johnson's case is that he gets his life together because a lot of athletes, not just Chad Johnson, uh, they're lost without sports. It's a big transition from playing and hearing your name called and the roar of the crowd to transitioning to life after football. And right now, to me, this is the most important step in Chad Johnson's life that he's facing now, and we and, and I hope that he gets it together and uh, he does well. I hope he does too, man. And you know, he said um, he said in a statement that um, um, his best days are are yet to come, something to that effect. You know, so hey, I, I, I sort of believe him. I, I I really hope they are his best you know? pl- his best plan days. No, 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 no. He he didn't say playing days. He said his his best days are are yet to come. You know, so I believe him. You know, and I, and, and and you don't have to. And this was after he had said that uh, he was thankful that that, that the judge, McGay, um, put him in jail. You know, this guy said he was thankful she put him in jail. So. Hey, like you said, sometimes that light go, that the light comes on. You know, you, you can't play around in certain situations. You have to be serious. And I'm sure in the judge's case, she felt that her courtroom was being disrespected. So regardless of what deal you had on the table, if you disrespect my court, my courtroom, there's going to be consequences. Hopefully Chad Johnson has learned his lesson. He can move on. And I'm sure that there's going to be a lot of networks that they're going to want Chad Johnson on their network because Chad Johnson is entertaining. He's a fun guy. And, you know, there is a life after football, Chad. You know, there is, Sam, but um, it's something about domestic violence and uh, violence against women that people start booing you or people start picketing you. And when they start doing that, companies and products tend to shy away. And Chad has some image improvement he has to do before he can be able to – go out there and make money as a celebrity 
because, like I said, man, uh, domestic violence, violence against women, they don't tolerate it in jail, and a lot of people in society, they don't like it either. That is true. Hey, I, I want to give a quick thanks to the Jacksonville Jaguars. You know, they came to our county. We live in Flagler County. They came out today to um, to talk to the Flagler County residents about how great they're going to be. They have new ownership, a new coach. They're very excited, new uniforms. Uh, you know, it, it's not every day that the NFL franchise rolls through communities. Uh, you know, we, it was a nice turnout. want to just say thanks to the Jaguars for stopping through and taking the time to come out and let us know about what's going on in Jacksonville. Hey, I appreciate that too, Sam. You know, the Jaguars are a great organization here, NFL team, and they deserve our support. They deserve the state support. We're part of the state. We're close to them. We're only about 45 minutes from the stadium. I go down into the games all the time, and I encourage everyone to go out and support them. Go to the games. Have fun. Hey, Dan, what do you think about this? Robert Kraft accuses Russian President Vladimir Putin of taking his Super Bowl 39 ring. Putin calls the story weird. You know, there's a... Hey, I've heard the story, you know, and, uh, you know, Putin says that um, Kraft took the ring off and put it in his hand. And Putin said he put it in his pocket. Now, hey, now, you know, and I guess that's that, that's what happens when... <laughs> when you don't speak the same tongue, you know what I mean? You speak in English, he's speaking Russian, you know, and when he said, when he might have said, hey, man, check out the weight of this ring. Ain't this a beautiful ring? He might have thought that that may have meant um, take this home and have it, have it as a gift from me to you. So, hey, I think he took it as a gift. Hey, Kraft's, Kraft's side of the story is he took the ring off, he let him sit, he let him try it on, and the next thing you know, he put it in his pocket. Five Secret Service guys come around him, they walk off the stage, and his ring basically got checked in. Uh, he said he had no intentions on giving it to him, but at the same time, he is uh, happy with where the ring is at. It's in a very important place in Russia, but uh, it's, it's just interesting how teams and countries leak stories uh i'm really trying to figure out what does mr Kraft have to benefit from this story coming out because if he really wanted another ring all he had to do was cut the check exactly you know that's what i was thinking too you know come on what did it spend like maybe 18 grand 20 grand for another ring and be done with man I, I, that just makes no sense to me and Kraft sounds like you know some of these owners man sound like they are, are actually starving for a little bit more attention you know, and uh, he's, he sounds like one of them at this point with this story anyway. Uh, yes, he is. I mean, he's been a great owner for the Patriots, but uh, I, I just really, if, I, I, I agree with Putin. This is kind of a weird story. It's a, it's a little weird, but, hey, there's a reason he's telling it. Hey, I, I agree with that, too. Hey, uh, you know, um, we talked about Tad Johnson a little while ago. But it's a little story out there. T.O. went to visit Chad Johnson in jail. That's, that's Sam. Do you think T.O. need to be visiting Chad in jail? Or do they really have, you know, it's a, it's, it's, it's a, it's a rumor that they have a, a T.O. Chad, like Felix and Oscar kind of, you know, um, reality TV show coming up. Hey, well, they are, they had the Ocho and uh, T.O. show before, so maybe they're trying to pitch their post-career. They're trying to get another show. 
I, I really don't know, but uh, hey, man, if you're a friend, if you consider a guy a friend, you got to almost commend Terrell Owens for going out and uh, and seeing Ocho Cinco. It was rumored that they were working out together uh, in, a, in a comeback attempt. So if Terrell Owens was already in the Miami area working out with Chad before Chad was uh, incarcerated, you know, hey, it, it makes sense for him to go see him. But it just seems like some guys, they just lo- they love staying in the media uh, they, they love the attention. They're, they're tweeting. They're, they're Facebooking. They're doing all these things on social media. But, uh, you know, the, these are two guys that are definitely at the end of their road. Terrell Owens has said that he will retire this year if he don't land with the team. Uh, the, the thing is, is how much gas do these guys have left in their tank? And how big of a factor is it? that they burn so many bridges or have such a bad rep of not being team guys. That's what, in my opinion, is hurting their chances of landing with a team. I couldn't agree with you more. And I really think that uh, T.O. made an effort to clean up his image, but it was a little too late. And Chad Johnson, you know, his career hasn't been the same since he put on the Hall of Fame jacket on the sidelines. You know what I'm saying? Come on, man. We couldn't look at that fool to say after that. And his career has not been the same after that. So, you know, um, it, th- these guys have no one to blame except the person in the mirror. Trust me. That, that is absolutely true. Hey, Daryl, you know, Brian Banks, uh, he was the former Cal Beach Poly big-time prep uh, superstar. Uh, he was falsely accused of rape by Juanita Gibson in 2002. Well, Miss Gibson has been ordered to pay the Long Beach Unified School District $2.6 million. You know, Banks spent five years in prison and five years on probation. What do you think about this story? Yeah, I think this is unbelievable. And when you hear the story that Banks may never never receive any of the $2.6 million, it really makes you even sicker. The thought that this man spent five years in prison, and here he is. The school board may get two point six million dollars, but he will never receive a penny of the money. Crazy. Well, I'll tell you what, man. He has uh, truly been a blessed young man. He's uh, currently on Atlanta Falcons roster. Uh, we wish him the best of luck, and uh, you know. I guess they say sometime is sweet revenge, but I, I don't even think that this young man looks at it as being revenge. He's just happy that he has been exonerated in the whole situation. And uh, Miss Gibson, now she has to face the music. I'm sure any of the money that she received, I'm sure that there's not much of it left, if any at all. I'm, I'm sure you're right, Sam. <clears throat> yeah. Hey, man, what do you think about these Lim Barney com- uh, comments, man? You know, Lim said that... Um, he thinks that football will be eliminated in 10 or 20 years. You know, Lim Barney is a former Detroit Lions star, a Hall of Famer. And what do you think about these comments he made? Hey, Daryl, I'm going to let everyone know what I think about these comments when we return from the break. Hey, guys, you're listening to Sports Info UM on the Voice America Network. flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. 
football, and so much more is the focus of Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson. Join the former Arizona Cardinals running back for a show that mixes, well, a little bit of everything. Damian brings to the program life experiences playing football, and we'll talk about his variety of successes both on and off the field. The goal is to provide you with a fun perspective on life, family, success, and of course, football. Tune in to Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson, Fridays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter, formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. Get ready for unpredictable fun and sometimes a sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. You may not know all their names, but you certainly know what they did. They helped make this game into what it is today. Now we can do more to help them. The NFL Alumni Association is proud to assist our retired players to help make their lives better today and tomorrow. To learn more, please visit NFLalumni.org. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888 346 9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoum3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Sports Info UM. You're listening to Daryl and Sam. Hey, Hall of Fame Lem Barney made some, some comments that he's a little sorry for now, saying that football will be finished in 10 to 20 years uh he's sorry for those comments he didn't feel he stands by his comments but he didn't feel that it was the right platform to say what he said at the sound mind and sound sound body football academy you know he had a really nice audience he had brady hoke from the university of michigan he had michigan state's mark d'antonio and wisconsin's gary anderson there along with Denver bronco defensive tackle kevin bickerson uh you know barney said he believes his comments were truthful, but but just not the right time to, to say those comments. He loves football, but uh, you know, I I really and truthfully feel that that he's right on the money. You know, we play a, a very dangerous game. This is a gladiator sport, and uh, there's a lot of parents that are very very afraid to allow their kids to play this sport, and uh. As as much as I love football, I played football since I was six years old. I'm not ready to let my eight-year-old son go out and play tackle football. I'm just not ready for it. You know, I, I can I can believe uh, Lemon's comments too. I do believe him, but maybe not in a ten-year to twenty-year range. It might even be closer because it's going to come when I think with someone, we've seen people paralyzed on the field 
And when someone dies on the field, and I, I don't, I hate the day that that happens, but we know the force that is played in this sport, someone will die someday. And when someone dies on the field in a game, and I mean a meaningful game, I'm not talking about uh, Wichita State and South Carolina. I'm talking about the Dallas Cowboys and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or the New York Giants and the Philadelphia Eagles. A meaningful game. When someone seriously, when someone dies on the field, we want, we'll, we'll see our sport that we love so dearly start to diminish a little bit more and more and more. Because the rules are actually taking more and more and more, more from the sport. They can't hit as hard. You can't hit below. You can't hit high. Hey, where can you hit? Uh, eventually, it's going to be a league of, of less padding and, and more targeted hitting. So, hey, I can believe it, man, when he says that. From my theory that when someone dies, I think someone, that the, league, the teams and the sport is going to diminish. I don't know if uh, someone has to die because in reality, a lot of guys are dying a slow death anyway from playing the game that they uh, know and love. Uh, I, I do feel that the NFL is doing a lot to improve the safety of the game. And uh, when you have when you make improvements, when you make changes, uh, everyone's not going to be for that. But uh, you do have to err on the side of caution uh, with everything's going on with the concussions, the lawsuits. Um, the CTE. So, uh, you know, I, I do uh, commend the commissioner for taking the, the necessary steps and being a leader and making the tough decisions, he, even while he's being criticized. And uh, I, I do agree with Mr. Barney that, uh, you know, that the game is it, it's tough. And there's a chance that the game that we know and love, uh, it's not going to be here much longer. Uh, if if we don't improve it. You know, Mr. Barney said he wished that he had been a truck driver, a cab driver, anything other than a player suffering from concussions. You know, he says he suffered from seven or eight concussions in his playing career. You know, the hey man, and I guess, and, and when he played, you definitely couldn't go and say, hey, uh, my head hurt, I can't go in. Because back then, they were only making $30,000, $40,000 a season. That you know, hey, that that is very true. Uh, you know, I I'm not gonna say I, I wish I was a, a truck driver or something else. Uh, it, do I suffer from a lot of pain? Yes. Do I suffer from memory loss? Yes. Uh, you know, it, it, it is a part of it. Uh, you just hope that uh, you don't end up like some of the other guys. It, it's very very scary, and uh, knowing all of this, having a son. Uh, if he want to play football, will I discourage him from playing? No. But uh, will I steer him and try to force him to play football? Uh, no. Uh, when I was younger, uh, I, I think it's most males dream to have a football, to have a son that's going to follow in their footsteps and play football. But now, hey, man, uh, I, I'm more than happy uh, taking my son to soccer, taking him to basketball practice, taking him to choir practice, and uh, just helping him to become a well-rounded individual. Because to me, at the end of the day, that's the most important thing. Hey, and. And you're right, Sam. There are other things for people to do. And much as we love our American pastime football and this sport that we've played and, and can't wait to, for the next season to start, 
we know that there there are consequences behind this, man, and there are repercussions, man. And and trust me, I don't think it's a finger on my hand that don't have some kind of swelling still. And trust me, my joints hurt like heck in the morning when I wake up. And I can almost tell you when it's going to rain before it rains because my back start aching and pulling. And hey, so we we know that there are a lot of uh, repercussions. However. Would we trade it in for anything? Would I trade in this national championship from University of Miami, uh, from the Orange Bowl, 1983? No way, man. Would, would I trade in playing in a Fiesta Bowl two times, the Sugar Bowl once? No way. Would I trade in the camaraderie of my teammates from college, pros, and high school for nothing in the world? And do I do I cash in these 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 injuries? Yes, I do. When I think about the, 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 the camaraderie and the friends and the and the friends that I still have for my for my days of athletics. Hey, sometimes it's worth the pain. Hey, it's worth the pain. Uh, you never like to see anyone suffer, whether it's you, your teammates, uh, guys who you've just known from watching the sport. Uh, it, it is tough. Uh, like I said, the NFL and teams, they're trying to do a better job of cleaning everything up, but it's going to take a group effort. It's not going to be just the NFL. You're going to have to start from the ground and build this thing all the way up, and uh, that's what I really do like about the heads-up campaign that the NFL is initiating in a lot of the youth football leagues, teaching young kids to tackle the proper way. So, uh, you know, it's going to take uh, a community effort. You know, they say it takes a village to raise a child. It's going to take everyone if we're going to pull this off. Uh, I really think that there's going to be some regulations that will really help to improve the game and to make it safer or maybe saying that kids can't play tackle football until they go into their freshman year or they turn 14. Uh, I think things like that is going to make the games a lot safer. Uh you're going to have your seven-on-seven, seven, your flag football leagues. Uh, it's going to be a little tough for the offensive and defensive linemen. But uh, if you look at a lot of these combines, you have guys, they're going one-on-one pass rush. They're doing a lot of things without um, pads on. Uh, maybe you just stick a helmet on those guys when they go to, to the camp setting. The most important thing is learning the fundamentals if you're going to be successful. And uh, that's going to be at any level. For sure. Hey, what's up? Go Kytus, man. Oh, wow. Rob took another surgery, man. Took another knife. Wow. Well, well he's scheduled for Tuesday. You know, they're, they're calling in a minor surgery. And, and uh, like I said before on the show, when we talked about Rob Gronkowski. Uh, anytime the doctor's cutting on you, uh, there's nothing minor about that. You never know what they're going to find or what's going to come out of this. But uh, I, I tell you what, if the Patriots are going to be successful, they're going to need Gronkowski uh, to be uh, not only good but at his best. Uh, you know, he's one of the wheels that make that, uh, that bus turn man man you know as, as as much as we'd love to see him play and as much as i like to see him play he will not be a he won't be ready at the start of the season and i don't really think he's going to be uh, ready throughout this whole season because you know when when you look at it he has a number on his back like all the rest of them they're going to throw him out there because they need him and they're paying him a lot of money so he'll be thrown to the wolves he will not be ready but he'll be forced to be ready, and that's just how it's going to go. You know, it, it, it's really tough when you're injured and uh, you, you come into the um, the tour days and or into the season, 
and you're not 100%. You know, normally you start off at 100%, and by the time you get into week one or two, you're gonna you're gonna have nicks and bruises. But uh, there's nothing like being rushed out to um, to play before you're ready. Uh, that, that's one of the reasons I really do commend the decision that uh, Derrick Rose made this year for the Chicago Bulls and sat out the whole season. I think in Gronkowski's case. Uh, they're calling it a minor procedure. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be healthy. If he can get in a little action in the preseason, that's a bonus. But, uh, you know, it, it's tough going out and performing against the best athletes in the world, man, when you're hurt. Yeah, yeah it is, man. And you know what? When you think about um, think about NFL probably going to open their camps in about four weeks, five weeks. And, Sam, this is a man that's going to take a knife to the back on tomorrow. Um, his scar won't even be healed up in four or five weeks, man, let alone the muscles that they cut inside. And, uh, you know, I tell you, man, when we talk talking about back surgeries, people just don't come back and be the same player after back surgery. Well, I'll tell you, man, you, you're looking at – we live in a different world. Some of these uh, surgeries and injuries that guys are suffering now uh, back in the days – these guys were uh, they were career threatening injuries, and guys are recovering a, a, a lot quicker. So I'm I'm not going to put anything past modern medicine, but uh, you know, if I was Gronkowski, if I was his agent, if I was his advisors, I would uh, I would advise him to not return to the Patriots until he's absolutely 100% uh, ready to go out there. Don't don't. Let the peer pressure get to you. Take your time. Get healthy. And that's only how you're going to um, help your ball go. Hey, Victor Cruz decided to sign his tender. A lot of people saying, hey, it's about time. Well, I'll tell you what. It's about time because if Victor Cruz wouldn't have signed his tender, Victor Cruz could have had his salary slashed to $600,000. A couple, $2.7 million or $600,000. You do the math, Daryl. I'll take the $2.7 million any day. Hey man, Hard Knocks is gonna be uh, be featuring our minister, the um, Cincinnati Bengals this year. What do you think about that? Is it uh, a curse for them? I don't know if it's going to be a curse. I think it's going to be a good look for the Bengals. Uh, they're going to be featuring the Bengals not because of all of the guys that are getting in trouble. They're going to be featuring the Bengals because of all of the talent that the Bengals have. You know, the Cincinnati Bengals have uh, A.J. Green, uh, an outstanding young receiver. They have Andy Dalton, a quarterback. They have a lot of young pieces. I really do like this team. They signed James Harrison from the Pittsburgh Steelers. And, uh, you know, Marvin Lewis has done an outstanding job there. He has greatly benefited from having one of the Chief is owner in all of pro sports, and that, that has allowed him to do his job and be effective. He's done a great job with the Bengals, and that's just hey, one thing a lot of owners can learn is patient. If you be patient, you can allow your coaches to be successful. Hey, one of your a former Hurricane tight end Winslow signs a one year deal with the Jets. What do you think about that, man? Hey, man, I love it, man. The kid has a lot of talent, you know, not nearly as talented as his dad was, but hey, man, this kid has a lot of talent. I love him. He's a super athlete. Um, he's a very humble man. He's, he's gotten a lot hum- more humble than he was when he first came into the league. And I think he's happy to have a job. Hey, man, congratulations. Like you said, he's an outstanding talent. Uh, wish him nothing but the best of luck. He's, he's going to be joining a dysfunctional family in New York. So uh, the best of luck. 
Mr. Winslow. Brett Favre praises Rodgers and says he would shadow all his Packers record. You know, lately Brett Favre has been doing a lot of PR stuff, man. He's trying to clean up that image. I think old Brett's trying to get a job with the Packers or the NFL Network or something because he's been doing a lot of a lot of apologizing. Uh, last week he said that he was the reason uh, the way things uh, w- turned out between him and the Packers. Now he's tuning Aaron, Aaron Rodgers' horn. What are your thoughts? I think he's doing a little bit of brown nose, to be honest with you, man. Straight up. I think he's doing a little brown nose. Hey, man, Johnny Manziel said he can't wait to leave Cotter Station. What do you think about that, man? He said it's just too much attention like tonight is the reason why I can't wait to leave Cotter Station. Uh, what do you think about that, man? Uh, uh, I'll tell you what, you like your quarterback to be uh, more of a leader uh, than the, uh, what Johnny Manziel's displaying. When you are a Heisman Trophy winner as a freshman, uh, you know, it, it is tough. Uh, there's a lot of, lot of expectations that come with that. His life changed forever on that night. And I'm sure it's tough walking in his shoes. And, and Texas A&M has their work cut out for Mr. Manzo to make sure that he's going to be successful. I'm more interested in what happened to make him make a tweet like that last night, you know. Uh, and, again, you have to realize sometimes when you're in the heat of the moment, you get frustrated, but I expect him to be a better leader and to make better decisions than he made last night. And, uh, you know, he quickly took down the tweet and said, that don't fa- don't ever forget, I love a and with all my heart, but please walk a day in my shoes. All right, hey, guys, Sports Info UM on the Voice America Network. We'll see you next week. Peace! Thanks again for listening. Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword will be back again next Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel for more Sports Info UM. We'll see you then.